0: Welcome to Coming Out of the Kitchen, a podcast about women for women. Today is President's Day, Monday, February 21st, 2022. And as usual, every American woman in this country still does not have equal rights under the U.S. Constitution. And that's why we do this podcast. So today we're going to hear a very good friend of mine's life story, and um, we'll go from there. Before we get started with today's podcast, let me tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the platform I use to create my podcasts. It's totally free to use. You just go to anchorfm.com and download the app to your smartphone or computer. It's free and did I mention you can earn money while you use Anchor? Anchor has many different options to help you create your podcast. And once you're done creating your podcast, you can edit it, add some bling, upload your podcast to seven different podcast listening sites, in addition to your smartphone sites. So what are you waiting for? Go to anchorfm.com, download your app, and get started today. Okay, so today I am here with Ashley, and she is a co-host of a podcast called Afraidish, Uh along with her husband, Paul. Yes. And... That's a pretty rocking podcast. But I'm gonna start out. I want to start out with. Tell us about Ashley.
1: Ashley, tell us your story. Okay. Well, um, I was born and raised in uh, a suburb of Detroit, Michigan called huh? Waterford. I had no idea. I'm yeah, sorry, that's okay. I thought you were a local girl. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. That, no. That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Um. So I, I was born and raised in a suburb of, of Detroit called Waterford, and um, it's kind of like if Marshfield and the big city had a baby. <laughs> a Mars- lot of in lo- Springfield or Marshall in Kansas City. Kansas City. It's a Big city feeling with a lot of people who think that they live in a small town. Oh,
2: that's
1: (laughs) kind of cool, though, isn't it? Well... Yes or no? uh, It it leads to some very interesting personality types and um, dynamics. Um, I had somebody who was also from the area that I met down here in um, Springfield, and they said that um, Waterford was the white trash capital... (laughs) Over. Of the state of Michigan. Oh, <laughs> I got put in Facebook
0: jail not once, but twice for saying white trash. <laughs> not once, but twice for saying white trash. So, how do you... you, you can't just dis- curiosity, how do you define white trash? Mm,
1: undereducated white people who think that they the world revolves around them. <laughs> not to be disrespectful... That's just my experience growing up in that type of environment. Um, we were uh, very close to the Detroit metro area as well as a town called Pontiac, which is where Pontiac vehicles were made, right. Um, and so there were there so there was a large African-American community outside of Waterford. Waterford was kind of a bubble where they didn't let. People, Bubble people of color, yes, <laughs> they, they, they the people in the town of Waterford did not enjoy interacting with people that did not have light skin. And so I was raised in that environment, um, and I was also raised in what I am now aware of was a fundamentalist version of the Christian religion. Um, I knew i I've gone. 32 years thinking that all Christians thought the way that I was raised to think. Yeah. And it's literally only been within the last few months that I've realized that that's not the case, that you can in fact be a Christian and not think that particular way. Um, For context, I was raised as free will Baptist and um, spent the better part of my existence from the age of like two to 18 inside of a church building in one aspect or another. Um, we did go through periods where my dad would kind of fall off the wagon and we would stop attending church or we would attend very casually. He would, you know. I need a break kind of thing. Mm, I think that that would be a healthy way to think of it, but I don't think that that's the way that he thought of it. I thought He considered himself to be backslidden. He was, he had Fallen into the evils of the world and had been corrupted, and you know, drinking a couple beers on a Friday night and watching movies that say swear words in them That's you know, just yes, wild,
0: yeah, <laughs> out of control, totally. You know, be saved. Yeah, that was the big thing growing up in Mars <laughs> in our small town here in Southwest Missouri. Was that everybody just laughed about it? It's like, yeah, 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 we got. They're out partying on Saturday night, but yeah, we, no, I gotta go home, because we gotta go to church tomorrow, and uh-huh.
1: we gotta get saved. Can't get too drunk, because the Lord sees everything, and you'd be sweating in the pew the next morning, it's squirming. Apparently, he doesn't see, <laughs> apparently he doesn't see not too drunk, just drunk. Just, you know, I'm a little tipsy, no big deal. I mean, Jesus did turn water into wine. <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't want to make fun of God, though. I mean, and seriously,
0: because I mean, I'm not. You're not an atheist. No, I'm not going. I'm not running to the church every time the doors open. Right. But I do believe. Yeah. So I don't want to be too. <laughs> but I do understand it's, from my upbringing, which I'm tired of talking about
1: on the podcast. Is that so, so? Anyway, this is about you. It's more. It's not God. It's the way the people. Control the narrative around him. I'm sorry. I was having a hard time finding the words in my head. That's perfect. (laughs) That is perfect. It's my issue is not with God. My issue is with the human beings who perpetuate these very harmful ideas or ideals around. I may never know. I may not know until I'm dead, depending on what happens after. Um, but I do. What's be- a pantheist? <clears throat> pantheist is somebody that believes, and the the different defi- the different definitions of like pantheism, polytheism, panentheism, um, they can get a little muddy. But basically, the universe, whatever, comes from like one center point, and then it's like a diamond, and kind of just like use depending on how you look at it, you see different facets as- facets of it. Um, whereas a polytheist, you could be a hard polytheist or a soft polytheist and they can never agree on anything either. <laughs> the thing is with religion is it's it should be personal to you and what you feel is the correct and white way. And that's kind of where the agnosticism comes back in. I know what I feel and I know what I have experienced in my own personal, very small life experience. But what I have experienced is not going to line up with what you've experienced, it's not going to line up with what Paul has experienced or anyone else. So I think religion is a much more personal thing than what the Christian religion today wants you to believe. It's very much a group activity. If you're not part of the group, then you're not doing it right. And then depending on which group you belong to determines whether or not you are doing it right as well. (laughs) It just... It gets really, really muddy, and it can be very toxic. And so being raised in that, you know, we... Religion was very much used as a weapon against certain communities of people. I remember the, the very first year that I ever voted was in 2008. And um, I... Obama? I, I wish that I could say that. I was. I mean, th- that was the year <coughs> he ran. Yes. Okay. I wish that that's who I voted for. I did not. I was told... Under no uncertain terms, I went with my father to vote, and he said, you will vote Republican straight down the ticket. And whenever I tried to have conversations with him leading up to that point, because I was a very inquisitive yeah. person, too, I asked too many questions for yeah. a good Christian girl. <laughs> for a girl, period. Yeah. Yeah. For, um, it was always just because that's what your dad has told you to do. I am the head of this household, and until you no longer live under my roof— You will do as I tell you to. And I was terrified of him because he was an abusive person. He was. Um, I wouldn't have described him as abusive at the time because I didn't know that what I was experiencing was abuse because I didn't know that what I was experiencing wasn't normal. But looking back on it, I can see where it was a lot of emotional abuse, very minor physical abuse. The last time I got a spanking, I was 15 years old and it was because I didn't want to eat sauerkraut. If that tells you anything. Um, but it never went beyond spanking. So it
0: was more of a verbal mm-hmm. and manipulative.
1: Yes. Emotional manipulation, verbal abuse, but masked in a way that it came off as constructive criticism.
0: Yeah, we love you. <laughs> we love you. We love Just you,
1: eat, but... you got to eat the sauerkraut. Because your stepmother worked really hard opening that can <laughs> of oh, sauerkraut. Oh, she didn't make it from... No. Okay, Ouch. <laughs> But, okay,
0: I feel your pain now I'm not a big sauerkraut uh, fan uh, either but yeah
1: I, I can't a know.
0: sauerkraut ouch that hurts my stomach thinking about
1: it it was sauerkraut and kielbasa but the, it was the kielbasa that you get from like the hot dog section at the grocery store it comes on the rope that's kind of curled around itself so can you really call that kielbasa I don't think so but she wasn't a good cook, and oh. there were, at the time, there were seven children. That was your mother? My mother, my stepmother. Stepmother, okay. Yes. My parents, I, I guess I'm, I'm jumping all over. I, I apologize. No, it's okay. The timeline's out of control. My parents divorced when because I was 14. Because we so caught up. so <laughs> In the religion. No, it's, it's a, okay. It's a polarizing topic, I understand. So your um, parents divorced at 14. When I was 14, yes. I was in the eighth grade. And, um, eh, you know, and you stayed with your dad, we stayed with our dad. He, this is another like manipulative thing that he did when my mother decided to leave him because she was tired of the abuse and the control and he would not let her work outside the home because working outside the home would introduce her to to people and then she would leave, (laughs) which it happened anyway. Yeah. But um, when she decided to leave, she, they were, they were divorced for about a year when she met who would become my stepfather. And she decided to move down here. Oh. And he literally got on his hands and knees, my father, got on his hands and knees in front of my mother and wept and begged her not to take his children away from him. Let them stay with me just for a little bit. Keep them close to their family. My entire family lived within a 45 minute drive of where we grew up. Everyone was very much in what's now known as the Michigan Metroplex. And he begged her, don't take them away from their family. Your, her family, his family, everyone was there. So she agreed. You know, she was like, that's what's best for the kids. They need to stay with their family. Her soon to be new husband was fairly well off. So they could afford to come up She had eventually gotten a job as a real estate agent, and whenever she would sell a house, she would basically use her commission check to come up and see us. So it wasn't like I had lost my mother. She did everything in her power to make sure that she spent as much time with her children as possible. I commend her. Like, I don't think very many of my issues were caused by her. Is she still alive? She is. She's she's the reason I'm here now. But um in southwest Missouri. <clears throat> yes. After they had made that arrangement, six months later he met a woman from Ohio, picked up and moved us all down to Ohio. <sighs> Which objectively that it was a four hour drive from where we lived in Ohio to where our family was in Michigan, but we never made that four hour drive. Probably twice when my when his my father's so. dad died and then Maybe so one other. So this whole
0: we got to stay together because the family's here. What's good for the goose isn't good for the
2: gander. The smoke
0: screen, <laughs> yeah.
1: was he manipulation? You know. Oh wow! I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not going to make a diagnosis, Me but neither. I would bet money that my father was a, an undiagnosed narcissist. Um, all signs point that direction, <laughs> but you know, he's he is dead now. He died in 2012, the same year Keegan was born. Hmm. He died, um, or maybe it was 2013. It was the year after Keegan was born because my his side of the family really laid on that guilt trip about me not bringing my new son to meet his grandfather before he passed. He, was, he had been dying of cancer. Um, and during that time, when Paul and I first got engaged, but we're not married yet, we were living together, Um, My father and I communicated mostly via handwritten letter. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It was just easiest for me to get my thoughts out, not get emotional, um, express how I felt and things. His final letter to me, I don't remember anything else that it said, but I remember the sentence, accepting you would be rejecting Jesus Christ. Wow. Because I lived Ah. with... (laughs) There's Lottie. (laughs) I said something because I lived with a man who I wasn't currently married to at that time. That's the type of religion that my father was in. Now that I'm out of it, I, I have no ill will towards Jesus. I have no, I mean, if you really look at the words that he's, the, what's, whatever's written in red in the New Testament of the Bible, it's all very lovely. Really, it genuinely is. He, he seems like if he existed, was a very lovely, very passionate man maybe if the the i am the son of the father if that is true cuz that could have been added after the fact maybe a little delusional well, i don't again i don't know i like to keep an open mind who knows um if my father is correct i will be burning in hell for eternity but you know what you got on there i, then, I guess but- no. <laughs> i
0: think jesus if people really followed his word today
1: We'd be really living in a different. very different world. First of all, we'd probably be living in a socialist hellscape. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> yes. We, we might as well just be living in Sweden, where all the socialist communists live, because they're the same, apparently.
0: <laughs> I've
1: never heard Sweden
0: called communist. <sighs> but... I know... It, <laughs> I know times are crazy right now. I... I if I were to, if this podcast were about me,
1: which is not,
0: <laughs> I would recall the times in school, elementary, middle school, we were taught, you know, communism is bad. bad well, I bad. mean,
1: they did uh, in the 60s. So however, the end, or, however,
0: we have all these bad actors that are in cahoots with communism and, and they're kind of name, shame, blaming, attacking anybody that wants to live the way
1: Jesus would have wanted us to live. Hmm. Is that.? Seems suspect to me, but you know, what do I know? I'm just an undereducated white woman from the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> the way they like to keep us <laughs> yeah. uneducated. Here in Missouri, I don't have any formal education. I should say, but I do spend a lot of time educating myself. Not so much on modern day politics, but I'm I'm a huge fan of history, like obsessive to the point of probably not healthy. <laughs> what What is your particular interest in history? Um, I jump around a lot what genre. It was um, Tudor history for a while. I was on a, a King Henry Eighth kick um, and, and Queen Elizabeth I, that era. And then I'm like, okay, what happened before that? And then what happened before that? So now I've been really into, like, the um, Bronze Age, Paleolithic-type um, prehistory era. And especially right now, I've been wanting to get more into um, pre-Columbian American because I say American that way, because this wasn't America. They didn't consider this place America. <laughs> you know, I, I never really thought about that. What did they call it before? Um, I've heard Turtle Island be used the in reference country? to the continent, the the northern American continent. Turtle uh, Island. Turtle Island. I, I don't know. Where'd they come up with that? I, I don't hmm. I hear that in modern day context a lot of the I I'm on like native TikTok if you're familiar with the clock app <laughs> I want I follow a lot of indigenous creators and they refer to America as Turtle Island um because obviously America holds a lot of trauma for them and for their ancestors um so they always talk about when the Europeans came to Turtle Island or Etc., um, not being a part of that culture, I don't know where that originated from. I just listen and absorb, so I can't speak on for it. That. Yeah, all right.
0: So, so you were born and raised in Michigan, yes.
1: spent four years in Ohio mm-hmm. with the stepmom, with the stepmom. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that was probably the most fundamentalist period of my life. Um, from freshman year of high school to senior year when I graduated. The first two years, when we moved down there, I attended a, a church school that was run by the church that my stepmother had grown up in, Grice Baptist Church in Urbana, Ohio. And... Um, so I was, I was literally in church seven days a week from Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Monday for school. Then I had volleyball practice two to three nights a week. I hated volleyball. Um, I was told that if I didn't join the volleyball team, I wouldn't have any friends because if I didn't join the team, they didn't have enough players for a team, and then the senior would miss oh. out on her last year of volleyball.
0: Oh, well, they, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, I was forced into that. Um, and then Wednesday night church service. Saturday morning bus ministry, we would meet at the church and then we would all branch off and go knock on doors, are you going to come on the bus with us tomorrow for Sunday school? You know, that thing. And then back again Sunday morning, seven days a week, multiple times a day sometimes.
0: See, I sent my my kids to um, Catholic school. Okay. So I paid tuition for that. I used my tax return every year Hmm. to pay tuition because back then you didn't get to swindle taxpayers out of their (laughs) hard-earned money to send your kids to a religious school. Yeah, And, you know, I have, I don't know if I can, I, I don't think I have anything bad to say about the Catholic school other than... I was a single mom, and I was, uh, you know, I couldn't get too uppity because pff, I was there out of pity, mm-hmm. I guess, out of pity. Mm-hmm. They would let my kids attend, but for the school, it was a great education for my kids. Good. I cannot say the same. We did not have a bus. <laughs> we don't. We didn't do bus, bus pre- ministry, and we didn't.
1: I mean, they had to go to mass every morning, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. I was, I was in, I was in deep and the whole time, like I knew that I was, I, it felt like I was wearing a suit. I knew I consider myself a social chameleon and I think it's, it's a a survival instinct that I've adopted over time. We moved churches a lot. I moved schools a lot growing up. Um, So I just kind of learned how to fit in in various environments And so I, I was able to be Ashley, the good Christian girl who does bus ministry and helps out with the youth group and volunteers to do this, that and the other thing, because that's how I was accepted in that environment. But I knew that it wasn't me. I didn't know how to, I didn't know that I knew that at the time, looking back. Obviously, hindsight being twenty I'm able to s- see and remember things that maybe I blocked at the time.
0: <laughs> so, any of your um, former classmates ever feel the same way, or do you ever talk to them? Or? I
1: don't really talk to any of them. Most of them were kids that had been raised in church from birth, still attend the same church so unless they've moved off. Um, because most of the girls married preacher boys, and they move off to... Get jobs in different churches, you know. And that that was going to be me. It was either go to Bible college or pay me rent. And I said, third option, I'm moving to Missouri with my mom. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then... Um, and you
0: had no idea how bad it was down here. <laughs> well, at first... I, I didn't like... either. I was born and raised in Missouri. And <laughs> I am shocked. I am shocked at how different it is now from when
1: I was yeah but anyway go ahead well um that was kind of my thing was well at least there's a lot of churches down there so I'll be able to continue being a good Christian girl and then I just never ended up attending one I I attended probably like two services at James River Church with a guy I was dating at the time James River is not is that is that that's not it's not denominational James River Assembly is it? Oh, it is assemblies. Okay, it was because wh- where I come from, all the big mega churches are always non-denominational. They're all non denominational The one that I went to, it was Grace Baptist, but the preacher would say every Sunday, yeah, it says Baptist on the sign, but we accept everybody regardless. As they marketed themselves as non-denominational, so I don't. I just know James Rivers, that big mega church down there. To me, that means non-denominational. <laughs> Now they, <laughs> they are assemblies, yeah. <laughs> from what I'm told, they, they started out as part of assemblies because mm-hmm. we have the Assembly
0: of God headquarters in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, I forgot about that. And um, James River broke off from Assemblies mm. of God and started their own church because they didn't like having to
1: send their tithes in is what i was cuz t- you can make more money oh, if I'm you start so your hell. own church and collect that and then you start a gym membership and then, and then, then you they, tell people not to do yoga cuz it's satanic but then you do yoga set to christian music and it's fine i'm not salty <laughs> i'm not either <laughs> it's the and cheese we need more cheese <laughs> and
0: then it's all tax free all of it they don't have to pay
1: a dime mm. But then you try to be like, okay, your religion supports, you know, we support your religion, not making you pay taxes, but another religion might want that same thing, that same constitutional right, and they're laughed out of town. Like, if if I tried to establish a pagan temple, no way would they allow me to go tax-free. They'd burn me down before I even got off the ground, honestly. Would you want it? No. <laughs> I'm not i'm not a leader i I march to the beat of my own drum and if if you want to follow me that's fine but i'm not gonna make you do anything if you like what i have to say if you if you like the way that i think that's cool but i don't want to be above anybody right because that that's when you start getting into that slippery territory where you start putting yourself you become a cult leader and i don't i don't have any interest although that would be a very lucrative career move <laughs> yeah
0: it exha- i have too much of a it conscience it'd be so oh. exhausting
1: that's it why i be so exhaust-
0: jeepers creepers that's too much work
2: no nope. it is a lot it's too much work
0: so <laughs>
1: you got down here from michigan yes <laughs> did you go to college no i didn't no any college expensive and I at the time I believed what my dad had told me that I was I was too stupid to go to college I was supposed to go to college to go for two years and get some shitty little childhood education degree but the reason I was supposed to go to college was really just to meet my husband that's why women went to college was to meet their their future husband yeah caregiver financial supporter sperm donor yeah
0: no that shocks me because we are different generations you and i and my father i grew up on the farm gosh this podcast is not about me (laughs) we're having a
1: conversation
0: but i grew up on the on the farm and i wanted to stay on the farm and he's like when i graduated from high school and he's like no no you need to uh need to get a job Find a nice person and settle down and start your own family. It was a very polite way of saying, no, no. I don't want to support you anymore. No, it was a very polite way. Of, they didn't. They very discouraged me heavily from going to college. Oh, uh, I wanted to go to college. Okay, I loved school. You know that that was the thing, but that was back in the well, eighties.
1: Fundamentalist cults are about twenty years behind the rest of. Society, maybe even more in some cases. So we had to take a break. <laughs> we got interrupted.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, come on, the kids—the kids, the kids were <laughs> tired of the remote controls. It's okay. So we were talking about college, mm-hmm. and
1: I, we we're talking about I how think you we related. We're, we're such yeah. different
0: generations, and our fathers both basically told us the same thing.
1: Yeah, just you're only good for making babies and. Find a man. Being a, a help job. meet. <laughs> oh, I wasn't I wasn't even, like, I don't even get a job. I mean, I worked at, I worked at Wendy's to make my own money because they weren't going to pay for anything that I wanted. They made me pay for everything myself. But it was long-term goals was to get married and be a stay-at-home wife and mother. And that was every female in that community. That was what they did. They went to college, got an education... And met a preacher boy. When
0: did you graduate?
1: I graduated in 2009. That's ridiculous. Because the women's suffrage
0: Mm -hmm. and...
1: Oh, feminism was a four-letter word in my household. Feminists were evil, Satanists. They were trying to destroy the world. They were man-haters. I don't know how to follow that.
0: (laughs) I mean, I could probably agree... (laughs) But I was just thinking that, you know, that was, I've read so many books. I'm just, I'm cramming these books, reading them so fast. tonight, I, so fast that I'm, should be taking notes so I can remember because mm-hmm. there's so many. And, you know, that was the theme. Yep. Forever. Yep, but. Forever. One hundred years ago, last August, women got the
1: right to vote. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that ever happened to America Women voting? Mm-hmm. Who told you that? Your church? My dad. Oh. <laughs> women voting is, is a joke because women are too emotional to make logical decisions. I'm sure if he was alive today, I mean, he's very much whatever a- Ann Coulter. You know, she believes that women shouldn't have the right to vote. They, they should be allowed to run for office, but they shouldn't be able to vote. She said that. How... Stupid is that you don't want me to be able to vote, but you want me to be able to run for office. What the fuck? Excuse me. No, that's even fine. is the point of that. <laughs> she said that. She said that. You know, it's, it's something else. And I, I, she said that back probably during the 2016 campaign. Oh, um, it's it's been a while. I remember. I I can very clearly see. The room that my husband and I were sitting in when we heard that statement and we just both looked at each other and went what the fuck <laughs> like who what how does that make sense this was just like did the did the woman just hear what came out of her mouth <laughs> kind of like is is she really that dumb how old is she do you know F- 50s ish oh, oh. sorry sorry <laughs> No, she's seriously? She's, I would say she's. If I had to guess, I don't know her birthday. If I had to guess, I'd say she was born close to the same year my mother was born. My mother was born in sixty nine. Okay, so <laughs>
0: we were talking about Ann Coulter. I understand that, but okay. we, but we were talking about oh before that. <laughs> I am looking up. I am looking up Anne <laughs> okay. as soon as my here we go. American conservative media pundit. Author, syndicated columnist, and lawyer. She became oh, known a as a media pundit in the late 1990s, appearing in print and on cable news as outspoken critic of the Clinton administration. She was born, oh my word, have mercy. She was born December 8th, 1961.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. So she's almost 60. she got a lot of Botox. She is 60. <laughs> 60 61 will be what year is this <laughs> this is 2020. 2022 Twenty twenty-two. so she will be 61 this year <laughs> gosh you know she in all fairness this is the esthetician in me she has great Education. skin for a year
0: old no she doesn't look at that skin oh my gosh that is so no Seriously, that is not good. That's yet. a bad
1: picture of her. She does, she has Listen, very
0: education. Cornell University, University of Michigan.
1: Ooh.
2: <laughs> not,
1: not blue and gold. If that's not a reason to be fans of the Spartans, I don't know what is. But at least they didn't let her in. You know, I don't know. I Okay, so anyhow, let's get back to <laughs> us. Because we
0: haven't even talked about your podcast yet. Yeah,
1: I have ADHD. We probably won't get there.
0: (laughs) I think I do, too. (laughs) No. So, college, Mm -hmm. get pregnant, wasn't going to happen.
1: Yeah. So, um, I decided instead of going to college, which I was going to be expected to pay for myself, and two years at the college that I was expected to go to, which is, I don't even remember the name of it. It's in North Carolina somewhere. Mm. I was, yeah. Yeah. Um, It was going to be like $20,000 for two years of a private Baptist Mm. college. And I wasn't even going to get a real degree because the college wasn't accredited. I was going to get a certificate that basically would have allowed me to teach kindergarten at a church run Mm. elementary school.
0: So. Doesn't the church pay your tuition
1: for that, or do you have to campaign for it? No, it's all, you you could get a, you could get a grant through the ministry, but mostly it's out of pocket, almost 100% out of pocket, unless you got a scholarship, and I, I said grant, I meant scholarship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't go to college. I moved down here to Missouri instead because my mother said, you know, if you move in with me, you won't have to pay rent. And I said, yeah, I'm down for that. And I missed her anyway. And so I moved down here and I experienced what I should have been experiencing all along, which was a normal, I'm going to say childhood because at the time I was still a child. I was 18. I probably... Intellectually, I was probably 16 or 17 because of the years of not getting an adequate education. Everything that I was taught the two years I went to the, the Bible school was biblical everything, biblical history, biblical science creationism. I wasn't taught anything that would actually help me in the real world. So I was very young, very naive, but I started like meeting people. Down and, here in Missouri, yeah, and and hearing other perspectives from people, and I started working a job where eventually I at met Wendy's. the man that no, at, at Price Cutter. Oh. I worked at Wendy's when I lived in Ohio. Oh, Wendy's down here wouldn't hire me. <laughs> oh. um, I got a job at a grocery store, Price Cutter, and I met the person who would eventually become my roommate. Who she was a psychopath, but that's a different. It was a different situation. Um, And then I met the person who would eventually become my husband at that same grocery store. And I I experienced other perspectives. And I started... This is embarrassing. (laughs) The History Channel is not known among historians for being credible. But I watched, at the time, that was my only resource, the the only one that I knew of. I watched a lot of History Channel, and it kind of started opening my eyes to, like, different perspectives and how maybe what I was told was fact, that's maybe just one guy's opinion. And so I started seeking other opinions and other places and learning all these, these different things and perspectives and learning from other people's experiences and realizing that life isn't black and white. How did you find the History Channel? Do you remember? It was probably, well, it was probably whatever was on Netflix from the History Channel. Documentaries and, like, various things. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ancient Aliens, which we're not going to, that's... Another podcast. Uh, It's a a TV show, Ancient Aliens. Never heard of it. No? Good. (laughs) Don't watch it. It's garbage. It's basically white supremacist propaganda. Are you serious? It's not presented that way, but when you boil it down, when you look at the different, like, it's always non-European civilizations that they're saying, oh, the Egyptians didn't build the pyramids, aliens did. Oh, the Mayans didn't. Build their civilization. The aliens did. Basically, because those people were of dark skin. Yes. And there's never a. Oh, um, the British didn't build Stonehenge. The aliens did. There's not a theory about that. Maybe there is, but I never saw an episode on that. And any actual historian that I've ever heard talk about ancient aliens, they will tell you the same thing. It's basically white supremacist propaganda with a pretty bow. But I do, I give it a little tiny, tiny, tiny grain of salt worth of credit. Because it did help me open my mind that things aren't always one person's opinion. Find the the history behind things. And that's what got me on my history kick. And the more I learned about history, of all of humanity, the more I realized that religion, it's only been recently that we've had Monotheism. Um, Judaism was the first, I believe. Um, the Egyptians tried it, but it only lasted twenty years. What's a mono? <laughs> one God. M- mono, one, poly, many. Um, most up until the um, Israelites picked up Jehovah or Yahweh or whatever. Um, it had always been polytheism Oh, uh, throughout human history. And then the Israelites, Moses. Yes. <laughs> Moses. Don't make me get my Bible out. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I can do it. Moses went on the mountain and received the message from God. And I don't know, maybe it had been happening before then, but this is like the big event where God gave him the Ten Commandments. Have no other gods before me. And that was the big start of monotheism. And they were a very small cult at the time, and it just grew and grew and grew and grew until Jesus' day. And then Jesus did he his thing. He said they
0: were a very small cult, these people that following Moses. Yes. They were a
1: cult? It was. I mean, I would classify them as a cult. They were following Moses, one man, as their charismatic leader. It was probably not a... I don't know how many numbers there were cuz they, they consider them the nation of Israel but it's just the people that were sl- enslaved in Egypt that were freed by Moses <laughs> I don't know what was going on before then I my his, my history in that aspect I I do apologize if I am saying something inaccurate don't at either of us I don't have nuts this is all just what I'm pulling out of my ass right now so yeah. look <laughs> The thing is you that you came out graciously all the way out to my
0: place. Um <laughs> we were supposed to just talk about
1: it. <laughs> we're having a theological discussion. We're I'm just so supposed to about talk about
0: you know your life story which
1: th- this is part of your <laughs> life story. This is just, part of my journey learn. No. And if you want to edit any of this out, I will not be offended. The only thing I'm going to edit out is maybe if I can when Lottie
0: was barking. Okay. I know no, that what because I'm saying. Am, is I'm enjoying this conversation okay. and this is what it's all about. is just Hearing women's stories and, I you know. This is
1: my, this is where this I'm is at right start. now. This is what I'm consuming is I, I'm, I'm currently mid deconstruction process. So I, I officially considered myself to not be a Christian. 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I considered myself to be a Christian, but I understood that I hadn't been backslidden up till that point. And then I eventually was like, yeah, I don't follow this anymore. Like this. Can you be a
0: Christian and just not follow what you were taught?
1: Yeah. I, I, I considered myself a Christian in that I still believed in Jesus Christ as my personal savior, but I didn't go to church. And I had, I, I considered myself as what now I think would be described as a progressive Christian. Very open ended on things like I I love Jesus, but I don't know. Term before that's pretty (laughs) cool. I don't know if the doc you know doctrine is fact type of thought process. And then I eventually was like you know I I don't resonate with Christianity at all anymore. And I was just an agnostic for a, a short while, probably a couple of years. And then I found witchcraft, which led me to paganism. Which is where I am now, so I don't know if that's scary to any of your listeners. <laughs> most likely, most likely. We're not evil, warty green skin. No, just
0: <laughs> no. Just describe what paganism is, then.
1: So for me, I cannot speak for all pagans. That's do you have a club? Do you mm-hmm. do you meet every?
0: No. Thursday, Saturday, because you don't want to do Wednesday, Sunday. <laughs>
1: Just trying to think. No, I would be what's called a solo practitioner. I I create my spiritual practice. I read a lot of books. I consume a lot of content from other pagans, like on YouTube podcasts, things like that. And I just kind of, what I feel good about, I give a try. If I don't like it in practice, I don't do it. So for me, it's very, and this is very recent as well. I'm very much about like, dirt <laughs> I like, dirt. Like, like what what would our ancestors have done as a spiritual religious practice and i'm talking about our neolithic paleolithic bronze age ancestors how would they have interacted with quote divine energy and for me it's a lot of like just kind of listening. Do we think they cared
0: back then, or were they just Yes, they did. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. they
1: they did have religious. This was kind of the beginning of religion. Go ble, Go. Well, I like, huh? go Tepe. I, did you hear that?
0: She just <laughs> spoke. She just spoke. Which I just
1: spoke it. Speaking in tongues. <laughs> Gobekli Tepe. I believe is in I'm just Turkey. Kidding. I believe it's in Turkey. Is as of right now the oldest. Um. City, town, that they've ever discovered, and they believe that it was built primarily for religious purposes. It it was where the hunter gatherers would kind of gather, do their sacrifices and their ceremonies, and then they would go back out hunting and gathering (laughs) from there. And then eventually started settling down, and farming was kind of starting to happen. What year was this? 6,000-ish years ago, give or take. Okay, just checking. <laughs> just checking. Um, <laughs> so, anyhow, I, ch- I just try to think, like, how would my ancestors have interacted with the divine? And I, you'll never know for sure, 100%. All we can do is speculate based on what very little material evidence they left behind. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's more about, like, a feeling I call it the primordial, primeval feeling when when that old part of your soul gets peaked or gets awakened. And maybe not everybody will experience that. And I don't necessarily know how to describe it in words. I just like that's that it's something that I feel. So um, and there are people that experience a similar knowing, I guess you could say. And I, I am very aware that what I'm sounding sounds vi- what I'm saying sounds very woo-hoo and non-scientific at all. There's no scientific basis or backing. That's why I'm I consider myself agnostic.
0: <laughs> Doesn't it sound kind of woo-hoo when somebody said that <laughs> Mary was a virgin and God impregnated her? Listen, my whole thing about I'm that is I'm just saying. No,
1: no, I get I, 100%. As far
0: is having faith and believing that something actually happened. Mhm. I mean, I'm listening to your story, which is a little <laughs> different than I've ever heard, which is fine. But I also You're listened to Mary getting impregnated <laughs> mm-hmm. by God, and then Joseph married her to keep her from getting stoned to get I, to death, I guess. You know, they
1: were young kids. Hormones are wild. Things happen, nights of passion, and then in order to save face, the woman that he loved <laughs> you're, virgin you're going there aren't you <laughs> i oh, mean you're going there <laughs> i don't know That's some people say that she she had an affair with somebody else i personally i'm like you know what what if it was just two little lovebirds they weren't married yet but you know they got to know each other a little bit and well it's kind of odd that he
0: here we go on religion again <laughs> it's just kind of odd that jesus did grow up and he did i mean do astonishing things he left mary and joseph at a young age and went on his own uh, i feel like a that period. was
1: that was typical of the time though you grow up you become a man and he went off to do a trade he went to go work they were building a city forgive me i don't know the name i don't off the top of my head um he went, and he, he was a stonemason, a carpenter, which back no, then worked Joseph. with stone. Jesus. He, his his father. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they yeah. follow their father's yep. footsteps. So he went to go work in this town that they were building in Galilee. And that's where he, they, there's theories that he was a member of the Sons of Light cult, which was a um, apocalyptic sect of Judaism. It was a cult at the time because it was small numbers, type thing, um, and they think that he was a member of that. Everything was a cult then and everything's a cult Everything, now. Is, you know, you know, information, the, the bite model. If it fits the bite model, which um, the B stands for, I don't know, the <laughs> I stands for information control, B-I-T-T for something, and then E for something else. I don't know. <laughs> oh my <laughs> word! <laughs> I've had half a bottle of wine to myself. This is good wine. <laughs> Very what are you good drinking? One. I'm drinking the the Tattoo Girl Cabernet Sauvignon. Bite, control, bite. The, the bite model is, and it it should tell you what all the the letters stand for. <laughs> You're drinking. Are you going to save some of that for me? Because I've been if drinking you like, that. I oh, can. Yeah. Oh, look at the Chardonnay. I, you know, I'm a red wine girl, but I'll try the Chardonnay to try it. I'm not against it, but I am a red wine girl. Okay, we can try that other one over there, too. The, the um, flat tire? X.
0: <laughs> I, called it, I call it a rubber tire. Rubber tire. <laughs> and that's terrible because it has such a beautiful French-sounding yeah. name, perhaps. The Bordeaux um,
1: or whatever. The bite
0: model. Con- deconstructive mind control that can be understood in terms of four basic components. Which form the acronym BITE? Behavior control. Behavior control. <laughs> the, the regulation of individuals' physical reality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where, how, and with whom the member lives and associates with. B. What clothes, colors, hairstyles a person wears. Ooh. What food the person eats. This is all under behavior mm-hmm. control. Hang on a minute. I gotta bring up
1: <laughs> Google. I gotta slow. bring up the I. That one I know is information Ooh. control. Damn, now the now the,
0: now it's now it's smaller. Mm. Okay. Major time commitment required for in uh, indoctation session sessions and group rituals. Need to ask permission for major decisions. Mm-hmm. This is all mind behavior control. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. The second one is information control. That's the eye of bite. Mm-hmm. Use of deception, deliberately holding back information, distorting information to make it acceptable. See out, lie,
1: outright lying. Well, shit! That just sounds what the Russians don't, are doing to us. Don't Google these things because the information you'll find on Google is a lie. We're the only ones telling you the truth. Who? Whatever cult you're in, oh, whether it's whether it's Tupperware, <laughs> <screwed me> <laughs> no, whether it's Tupperware, whether it's your religion, it all falls on. The, do not research this independently because everyone else is lying. We're the only ones telling you the truth. Okay, she summed
0: up a lot of that, so I'm going to skip. Over. <laughs> I'm going to skip over a few and go down to number four. Spying on other members is encouraged. Mm-hmm. That Jehovah's Witness and Mormons do that a lot. Pairing up with a, quote, buddy system to monitor and control. B, reporting deviant thoughts, feelings, and Mm -hmm. actions to leadership. Five, extensive use of cult-generated information and prop. Holy crap. (laughs) Okay, here's the T out of bite. T is thought Thought control. control. Need to internalize the group's doctrine as truth. A, map equals reality. B, black and white thinking. C, good versus evil. D, us versus them. Mm -hmm. Well, this is just cult and doctrine, right? E, out of the BITE acronym, emotional control. Manipulate and narrow the range of a person's feelings. Make the person feel like if there were Ever any
1: problems is always their fault. Never the leader or the group. You are having this, whatever bad thing happened to you, happen to you because you didn't believe hard enough. You didn't trust hard enough. You didn't, you did something. You have a secret sin that you have not disclosed to us, and God is punishing you.
0: Yeah, as soon as you tell us, we'll punish
1: you too. I mean, that's not what they're gonna <laughs> tell you, that's what you are gonna do. Right? Con- confess so we can help you. "Quote unquote." Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, that's crazy. Okay, so, so anyway, because we are an hour into this, and we oh my gosh, even, I'm so sorry. No, it's not your fault. We're, we're having a good conversation. <laughs> so we haven't even talked about you met your husband at
1: Price, Price Cutter. Price Cutter. Yeah. So he was the, and here he comes. Hi. He was the. I was. I never admitted to myself that I liked him for a long time. Um, but he was the cute guy that worked in the frozen section oh, of the you grocery store. Oh, he Yeah, yep. Yeah. He he worked in the frozen section, so they called him Iceman, Mister Freeze. Um, and I would always walk down his aisle to go to my breaks, instead of the fifteen other aisles I could have walked down to get to the break room. Right. And I would always walk by and I'd go, "Hi, Paul." <laughs> oh, you didn't call him Mister Freeze. No, I called him Paul. Hi, Paul. And then one day we were sitting in the break room. I came in for my break and he and his colleague at the time, who was the manager of the dairy department, were sitting in there together and uh, we'll call this guy Billy. We're mm-hmm. not going to use his real name. Mm-mm. Turned to Paul and goes, so you going to ask her? And I was like, oh, fuck. But <laughs> you can, I could just see Paul was like, don't you dare. <laughs> and he goes, ask who, what? And Billy goes, are you going to ask her out on a date? <laughs> so Paul turns around in his chair. He goes, so, you want to go s- see a movie with me? <laughs> I can see that
0: out of both of you. Thank God for Billy,
1: quote It was embarrassing, but honestly, I don't think Paul would have had the balls to ask me out on his left up to his own devices. But then, so I go up front because I was a cashier, and I was like, so Paul just asked me out, and they were like, Paul who? I was like, Paul freezer guy, Paul. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh no, he's a creep. He asks out all the girls, all the cute little girls. And so I was oh, like, oh my god, oh, he's, he's little girls. <laughs> Are you Matt Gates?
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm
1: just I am just teasing. And then finally, someone was like, listen. He's a nice guy. Go out, see a movie with him, let him buy you dinner, and then just, if you want to be friends, you don't have to go on another date with him. But I went, and he did the whole, we went and saw um, the uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice at the palace, which no longer exists in Springfield. It's now a church. Damn. But um, we went and saw the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and he did the whole, like, yawn, stretch, put his arm around me in the theater. (laughs) It was really cute. I, I mean, obviously, it worked. <laughs> so then, after the first date, it was just we just h- started hanging out more, talking more. Um, I blew him off for a while because I had quote family problems, but it was just quote? me. Yeah, you saying quote? Yeah, there was there was nothing. There were no family problems. Oh. I was just making up excuses because I was. go ahead I was insecure and I didn't know if you know I didn't know what I was doing or who I was but then eventually I I started dating him and then we shacked up together and got engaged and got pregnant and we've been together 12 years Mm -hmm. when did you get married we got married in in June of 2012 and Keegan was born in August of 2012 but well, we got engaged in August of 2011 on my 21st birthday. Yeah. So you got married in 2012.
0: Mm-hmm. Started your family. Yeah. When did When did Paul get on at the post office? That was 16.
2: 15. 15. <clears throat> my name is Paul, by the way. I want to jump in here. Yeah, I started the post office in August of 2015. And I don't regret it hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Just a little. Just a little. It's still, it, it's challenging. <laughs> it is. I have never ever told anybody that that's where that is my day job. And that that is my day job, and I love that job. But it is. I don't know if you can still hear me because I'm walking away. It is a very challenging job. It's exhausting. I and, mean. But, you know, there's so many rewards when you meet good people on the route and everything. Yeah. But it is
1: extremely exhausting. You know, it never, it never occurred to me to have a conversation with my mail carrier. But Paul's always telling me about how his customers will wait at their mailboxes. To say something. Until he yes. gets there. Yes. And it's not like you fucked up my mail. It's like, hi, Paul, how you doing? How's the wife? How's the kids? Yeah. <laughs> Especially,
2: I love it when the parents are outside and their little kid is standing there, just waiting, Aww. just to see me. Yeah. That's, that's heartwarming, right? And
1: there. the so holidays are, you are great treats for these little kids. You no, should be.
2: I need to. Yes, yeah,
1: you get do. like get a box of and those
2: everybody black tells forest me, gummies. Oh, the the previous regular on your route uh, had dog treats, and they used. Oh, she that's used illegal.
1: To... You're not. We're not supposed to I do know, that. I know. Did you hear about the? In Marionville, Monette, the rural carrier that got mauled and killed by dogs. She wasn't killed, did she? Did yes. she die? Yeah. Yes. Did she die? My uh, Dravi told me about that. Yeah. My sister in law also works at the post office. Yes. When did she die?
0: <laughs> I mean they chewed her up bad. I didn't know she died. I don't
2: know, but surprisingly not surprisingly, it happens a lot to city carriers mostly.
1: Yeah. Me. Yeah, it's um Javi's like, they'll probably never get mail delivered on that street again. No, they they'll won't. They'll have to all get P.O. boxes. Yep. Yeah. So More. fucking chain your dogs. It's not just...
0: I mean, I love dogs. You heard my dogs in the yes. background. Yes, we have a dog. And you have a dog. You, you're, you're a mail carrier family, too. Let's just all make this a postal podcast. <laughs> now. But we all... Lo- but people just like... I have this one business that I have to go into, and all of a sudden, she started bringing her Labradoodle, mm. which, beautiful dogs. That's a
1: designer dog.
0: Extremely protective. They are extremely protective. You could call them a guardian dog. Yeah. So, when when I, and we are timed as... as City carriers, we are timed. Oh, you're a city carrier? I wasn't going to put the Facebook, oh. but I mean, on, on <laughs> I'm podcast, sorry. but now I am. That's okay. <laughs> but as a city carrier, you're timed, which rural carriers are, but on a different scale. We are timed yes. on how long it takes you to get to delivery point, you know, curb your wheels, put your brake on, get your mail out, walk up to the, box. the business. When you walk up to the box, we. I was always told... You have three seconds from the time your foot hits the porch to hit the box and get off the porch.
2: Unless you have a package, yeah.
0: Unless you have a package. Wow. Or an accountable. And people don't realize that. So when you make me have to stop and wait for you to calm your dog down so that I can come into your business... It eats up my break time. Yep. It eats up because I have to make that time up where I have to go into overtime.
1: And they don't want you to go into overtime.
0: Well, I mean, personally, I don't care if they want me to or not. (laughs) I don't want to go into overtime. I don't. don't I want to do my job and come home and, and enjoy my life. But I mean people don't understand that about dogs. Yeah. It's like And you know We love your dogs, but we are so our scanners, just... our scanners will shoot a message to our supervisor if we are in one spot Too longer long. than 5 minutes. So our scanners have com uh, cameras and microphones on them. I don't even take mine in the bathroom anymore. your
1: supervisor anymore. needs to call that business that that's i'm I'm gonna say this very, very loosely, problematic, repeatedly, causing you to spend extra time. They your supervisor needs to call that business and have a conversation with that business owner and explain to them my mail carrier is being negatively impacted by this set of circumstances. That all sounds
0: great, and it probably would have worked fifteen years ago. yeah, but in this day and age, oh. in this day and age, everybody is the customer. And you will bow down right. to them, yeah. and and so it and it's always he said she said. Yep. So, but it's I mean that's just nasty. Anyway, getting back <laughs> to you, you met your husband. He's yep. a rural carrier. Yes. Now everybody knows I'm a city carrier. <laughs> I always used to just say my day job. But
1: um, so I met Paul, and we shacked up, had a baby together. And then I was, t- I was so tired at the t- I had just been, I just had a baby, my oldest, and then I got laid off by my job at Chase. Because of a set of circumstances that were 1000% out of my control, I had been through a name change because I recently got married. And when I changed my last name, I lost all of my inner office communication methods. I was locked out of team chats. I was locked out of emails. I was locked out of everything. So any changes in policies, if my manager didn't print me out the email that I was not able to access, I was unaware of changes in policies. And in the baking industry, policy is God. The IT department... Banking? chase banking. Banking. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> They're getting the dogs excited. Oh. Okay, so... Anyway, in in the banking industry, policy is God. If you don't follow policies, you get three strikes and you're out. My manager would call the IT department to help me try to change everything so that I could have access again, but they would come at 4.45, and they would stay till about 4.50, and then they'd be like, well, we got to pack up because we're out of here at 5, and then they would leave, and that went on for about six months, and then finally... I had a meeting with my manager, and he said, you made three mistakes. You're out. You're out. So you
0: met Paul. You got fired from Chase. Right after I had my baby. And then now you guys have a podcast. Yes, we do. And it's called Afraidish.
2: Afraidish. It is a...
1: Afraid hyphen ish.
2: Afraid hyphen (laughs) ish. It is a history slash paranormal podcast. We talk about the history of locations.
1: And then the ghost hauntings associated the hauntings. with them.
2: So far, we've done Missouri. Uh, what Kentucky. We
1: do? Tennessee.
2: Uh, no, I meant the Oh, stories. sorry. <laughs> the I've... locations in Missouri, we've done...
1: Pythian Castle, Castle in Springfield. There was a couple plantations out to the west near Joplin. Uh, um, Jesse James Farm. Well, Jesse James Farm up in Kansas City. Oh, did you? Did we do a cave in? Did you do the caves, the no. tunnels? No. Okay. A bridge in a park in Springfield. Yeah,
2: Phelps Grove Park.
1: <laughs> I the missed that one.
2: It's in episode two. That's when I did the the Springfield three, the three missing. Oh women. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Right Phelps Grove mentioning. Park, the bride that died. On the bridge.
2: Yeah, it's called the allegedly Ghost Bride of Phelps Grove Park.
1: Mm-hmm. So, but when, when Paul started <laughs> out the
0: podcast, he had his cousin on the podcast. It was basically, here's a bridge, F-bomb, 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 beer, <laughs> F-bomb, and a ghost, F-bomb, F-bomb. And then, seriously, don't get mad at me for saying it, it's true. And then, so then, um, the cousin couldn't stay on the podcast with you, and you roped in the (laughs) wife. How did that happen,
1: Ashley? How did you
0: get involved?
1: He, Paul has been into podcasts for a while because he's a rural carrier. He spends a lot of time. Okay, we're postal people. Because he's a postal carrier. And we do listen to podcasts. He spent a lot of time listening to podcasts or music, but mostly podcasts. And he got into a lot of paranormal podcasts, and he was like, you know, I like this. I want to do this. And so I was like, I will support you, you know, buy, buy the microphones, all that stuff. I had dabbled in podcasting, so I'm an esthetician by trade. I do skincare, and I technically, I See, do. See, did not even get <laughs> into that.
0: But let's get let's wrap up the podcast thing, because the little boys want to go yes. out and meet the cows. And so, we, let's. We already did that. Well, you did? Well, I want to meet the cows, so... Okay, Ashley wants to meet the cows. <laughs> so we're going to talk about how you got into
1: Paul's podcast, and then we've got to talk about your... Aesthetics. Yes. Career. Yes. Um, so I had dabbled in podcasting. I do have a podcast. It's called The Lively Aesthetician.
0: You never told me that. <laughs> <laughs> it has
1: three episodes. Thank, three episodes. Thank three. you very fucking much.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> and so I was like, well, you know, I... I Done a podcast Use Anchor Do all these things And his cousin was basically like Your wife's crazy She didn't know what she's talking about You need to buy all this expensive equipment Because he's a musician He is in a band They do recordings and things like that But what It's different When you're doing a po- Especially when yeah. you're starting out You're not making money yeah, no. You don't need to invest In a, a bunch of equipment You don't need yeah. a mixer I don't have a I don't have a splicer here Yeah It's
2: just And so I, hate <laughs> I hate
0: Zoom I hate I hate zoomings. If I had to drive three states away to get an interview, I would do it because <laughs> lots I of podcasts do it though, and it, it, it,
1: the sound quality is it terrible. There's,
0: there's always a lapse.
1: Yeah, but you know, I think people that listen to podcasts whenever that is a factor. I think because I listen to a lot of podcasts oh. as, as well, and whenever there's an interview, it's over Zoom, and there's always a lag, and it's expected. So don't. It's not you. I think listeners just kind of accept that as fact. I do. I mean... Yeah. Like, yeah. whenever I listen to a podcast where there's an interview, it's shitty. The sound quality on one person's end is always shitty. Somebody's always talking over somebody else because there is a delay. You just It's just a part of it. Yeah, it sucks, it but stinks. it is. It stinks. But anyway, so <laughs> you
0: have your
1: own podcast. I do. And Paul has his. But yes. you got into his... Because the cousin decided it was just too much he you know it was too much work and it is it's a lot of work you have to research and write and do all these things and it's a lot of work which is why it's so hard for us to get episodes out he works full-time i work right now part-time but it is full-time because i run my and own business got the boys. so i'm i'm you've physically yeah i'm just i'm physically doing something all the time i i And then when I am not doing something, I'm sorry, but I want to spend time consuming content that I'm interested in and not researching something that maybe, for me, ADHD, if my brain doesn't want to do it, my brain's not going to let me do it. Um, And that's just something that I have to struggle with. But I enjoy doing his podcast. It's, I think it's fun. I I don't think that I'm good at it.
2: <laughs> Everybody likes her. Yeah.
1: I think I'm an idiot and I think I go on too many tangents and I put my foot in my mouth because I'm that liberal, loud mouth, bombastic I do not know how
0: you became a liberal after this upbringing that
1: you had. Oh my God. Defiance. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am very I'm too liberal. <laughs> I'm too liberal for liberals. It was also it was always so funny because
0: my father, you know, here it he is back about me. That's
1: okay. We're having a conversation.
0: My father grew up in Southern Missouri on a farm, mm-hmm. the family farm. and the church, the Baptist Church, we donated the land for the church, so it was named after us. Oh, So, so your church
1: royalty. No, I'm church demon because I have a child out a wedlock. (laughs) No, but in theory, you should be church royalty. The church is named after you. Yeah, no. Anyway, so um, we were always
0: taught, like, okay, we weren't taught vote Democrat, vote Republican. We were always taught that... There was a, an occasion when food stamps were brought up in our family, and my parents said, hey, that's for people who need them. We don't need them. We have food here. We grow food. That was never. M- we, we grow food here. We don't need food stamps. And then there was a thing about uh, welfare, food stamps. And my parents said, that's for people who need them. We don't need them. We grow our own food. hmm But they never badmouthed the people who had to be on them. Mm-hmm.
1: To be uh, not a homesteader, I think I'm kind of, I'm, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I don't necessarily need a full-on homestead, but I would love to grow a garden that at least three months out of the year helps put food on the table for my family. I'm obsessed with heirloom fruits and vegetables. Do you go to down to the baker's thing? I buy their stuff on online. Have be, you never been to we've there? We've not no. been. We haven't oh. had an opportunity. <laughs> We want to go. We want to go. I think I'm gonna make a point to take some time off. It's like this the first, summer. It's like the first. Uh, it's weekend in, March. in May, May.
0: Okay. And then it's every first weekend and every month. I know but you the can big f- festival, yeah. which I go to every year. Do I you? Live.
1: Well then, let's let's plan and I'll just, we'll take time off because I work weekends. I work his days oh, off. That's right. So, but I can. Pfft, I'm to the point now where my business is steady enough that I c- I don't feel guilty taking a Sunday off when I need to, when I want to, when I want to, not when I need to, because I deserve. Well, I think it's like Sunday off. Monday. Yeah, but we always get Sunday off of work, so
2: I can always take Monday.
1: It's just past Rogersville. There's, I mean, no, it's way past Marshfield or Rogersville. Okay, don't tell me that. It's just it's past Mans- Okay, it's in Mansfield. <laughs> it's in Mansfield, I know. It's North in my of Mansfield. My- Mansfield. It's just past Rogersville. It's okay. not that far.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, the first time I went to it, it was incredible because the the owner is there every year. Every uh-huh. year he's there. But the first time I went, I did not. It's like gates open at 10, so I'm like, okay, I was going leave it. Do like. people camp there? Yes. Yeah, okay. There are people from Canada. Yeah. Dang. There are people from every state. It's basically homesteaders of America from coming up there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is incredible.
1: And then pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I want to go so bad. I do. I've known about Baker Creek for about Two, three-ish years. Um, yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: I've I've bought stuff from them online. I buy most of my, honestly, most of my seeds. That's come where from I get there. my seeds. From yeah, you know. I do some. There's a, a little shop up in Michigan called the Mi Gardener. Okay, but they're not in Missouri. But we're no, there. but I'm from Michigan, so gotta support. And he sells his seed packets for two dollars a packet. It's pretty cheap. And he like I buy whatever Baker Creek's sold out of from him because Baker Creek's always sold out of what I want. Always. I can go on there. Kadari Melons, sold out. <laughs> Sunday is actually
0: the worst day to go
1: because that's when everybody's, everybody's off work there and they can go. Yeah. But. I want to go. I want to I go. I want to try their restaurant. They have that vegan restaurant on site where yep. it's all the produce from their farm. Yep. I just think that's like. Are you vegan? I'm not. No, but I, I have nothing against mm-hmm. vegan food. If, as long as it tastes good, I don't care. We're getting
0: so way off. That's okay.
1: You know, this, but this is a part of my personality, too, where I, I'm very into, we could just do four or five of these. <laughs> yes. I think she needs to be my co-host. Uh, I need
0: a new co-host. If I don't have to research anything. <laughs> oh. I could do the, I, here's the thing. I have, yeah. I have coming out of the kitchen, which is supposed to be women's issues. I want to hear women's stories, but I need to do more research as far as, why is it that women still do not have equal rights under mm-hmm. under the U.S. Constitution? I need to do more on that. And and I've got basically three jobs. And I'm thinking I retire in a year. I can do more. <laughs> but I've also got cooking politics. Ooh. Which is coming out of the kitchen in politics.
1: Okay. and then, I think we've covered that all, the, the whole
0: spectrum in this episode. No. You no. Know? <laughs> and I researched the heck out of the politics. Political side of it. I mean, if you want to sit down
1: and be a co-host, you you know what? I'll you, bring the research. I will, and I'll react. And then you just react. <laughs> as long as it's not it's not offensive. I fully understand. First first of all, I am Caucasian. I know that's that's. I don't like that word to describe white people. I'm European. Um, oh
0: my god! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop you right there. There's a whole lot of stuff right there. I just started I'm going to stop this. <laughs> okay, oh my gosh. I got to tell you. On Facebook, I just started watching these comedians and these comedians were talking this one guy, I think his name was uh Ralphie
2: Ralphie May?
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> Paul knows the comedian. Rest
2: in peace, my friend.
1: Did he huh? die? Yes. When? Uh last year.
2: It's been a minute.
0: That is so sad he was so brilliant uh, he
2: was he died he was extremely so young. he was
0: well he was so overweight, yeah, but I mean he was so brilliant as far as he was talking and he was like, you know this whole thing about being politically con- uh correct you know african american asian american Native American and he was going on and on and on about and he goes, nobody
1: ever asked the white people uh, you're
0: european white."
1: <laughs> And so Caucasian comes from, you're, you're from the Caucasus region. I am not anywhere near them. I am Scanda-fucking-Navian.
2: <laughs> so basically she's neon white.
1: Yes. In
0: America, don't know how to spell Caucasian, and they said, no, we're just white. Because <laughs> we
1: can spell white. <laughs> There's this uh, indigenous creator on the Clock Act app, app, TikTok. His, his handle is Modern Warrior. White people hate him. I love him because... Honestly like the the indigenous american experience will never we will never know the generational trauma that they have experienced and are still experiencing every day at the hands of european colonizers. I am a colonizer and I you know I'm I You're not your ancestors. No. Were. I, yes. Yes, but I'm still here. I'm on stolen land. There's not a whole lot I can do about it. There is but I, you know I can't just pick up and move back to Sweden, <laughs> where my ancestors come from. Although I am learning Norwegian, <laughs> so I could. I'm not into like I'm not. That's that would be Gaul. I, Gaul is fine. This the Germany, French, Switzerland, Alps region. That's fine at all. Um, I'm I'm more suited to a colder climate.
2: <laughs> you are? Yeah. I'm not.
1: <laughs> Me neither. I would do I hate
2: snow, I hate winter. I would I do just fine
1: in the Nordic region.
2: I live in Missouri where the weather is bipolar. Yeah, Missouri. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm seventy five percent Swedish. It comes from both sides of my family. I am Hungarian, I'm a quarter Hungarian. Well no, I guess if I'm seventy five percent Swedish and a quarter Hungarian, I, I am other things <coughs> as well. <laughs> but I'm very Swedish. Uh, very Scandinavian, mostly Swedish. So, I mean, I'm very suited to cold climate.
2: I'm Irish, Scottish, and English. You just
1: too. put more layers on. You have, if you're cold, put, put layers on. Put layers on. If you're hot, you can only take so many layers off before you're in trouble for indecent exposure. Hmm. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> hey, bundle up. <laughs> Think about the way that our ancestors lived, though. Like, honestly, they didn't have, they had fire. They had fire. They had, most of them, if you were lucky, you lived in a castle with fireplaces. But for the most of us, we lived in, in wood and mud huts. huts with straw roofs. And we had a central fire in the middle of the house. And that sourced all of our lighting and heating needs. If you were cold in the wintertime, you just wore extra layers of wool. And it was wool. It wasn't synthetic polyesters and polyfill it was wool yeah but wool's not so great when it gets wet no you know that's they they had they did what they could with what they had true and today you know we have modern conveniences and things i personally feel like polyester is nowhere near as warm as wool is that's. I think that's why most of us are cold. when we, we, We've forgotten how to layer. We've forgotten how to dress in such a way that mm, we can yeah. add layers on top of layers on top of layers. And then you can take layers off when you get hot. <laughs> but you're still dressed. So,
0: we are way over an hour and a half here. <laughs> anyway. The wine's good. The wine
1: is very good. Cheese was not Cheese bad. Cheese was
0: amazing. Pizza, kids are knocking that out. So the dogs are going to be like, pizza, pizza. But I really enjoyed talking with you. James. I'm so glad. I blessed. think we should do this
1: more often. <laughs> I should. Yeah, I'm down. I mean, listen, you're... Men in feminism is important. Men in feminism is... And feminism affects men just as positively as it affects fems. Yes. And I don't know. I don't know where you stand on, on trans rights and things like that. I'm, I don't care. Okay, my thing is live and let live. Right. Exact. When women have more rights, when 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 cis women, when trans women, when trans men have more rights as people, when women of color, when men of color have more rights as people, the entire society. Is, it's just better for everybody. We're except for equal. the two people at the top, the Donald Trump and the Jeff Bezos, and the, okay, three people, Elon Musk. Those are the only Basically people the that 1%. suffer negative, quote, consequences mm-hmm. from feminism. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they don't. But they... If feminism was... In its full form, they they w- their life would be very mildly affected. Instead of being billionaires, multi 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 billionaires, they'd be two or three billionaires, which is still more money than they could spend in their entire lives. So, um, <laughs> Bezos's ex-wife has just pretty much
0: gifted all her money away. Yes, am I correct? I is she remarried? She's and
2: I think she's. Rich as she is, she's an amazing person for donating all of the money that she's getting from him.
1: But she's put it up into she, different... I lists. bet that makes him so mad.
2: It probably does.
1: I don't
0: think it... I think he's too narcissistic to even...
2: Care, actually.
0: Because he's still making... He's still making... Billions of dollars a day. To be
2: honest, it would cost him more money to bend over and pick up a $100 bill than to just pass by it. Mm-hmm. That's true. It is. All
0: right. So, <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up, and then we are going to talk because I've been taking notes <laughs> for cooking politics, uh-huh. and I need a cooking politics person.
1: And oh, you can talk.
0: <laughs> That's, That's my crotch
1: goblin, yes. Killian? Killian, yes.
0: He's so cute.
1: He is, really. So, we're going to wind this down. Okay. Hi. <laughs> I genuinely apologize. I You're can what? be... You know, I don't know. Something's going to offend somebody. That's not what I was going to apologize for. It was like the long... It's like,
0: hey, wait a minute. Let me look this up. You know? It's I, like, you know, those are the kind of things I
1: apologize... I don't apologize for people's opinions. You know, no, but not everything that I said was 100% factual, and I realize that, but I don't... when it, Especially when it comes to, like, the historical content and stuff. I don't have notes in front of me. So I'm not going to get everything 100% accurate. So if you're, like... a a mansplaining historian, save your breath, save your thumbs, don't type that.
0: Send us an email at comingoutofthekitchenpod at gmail.com. pod at (laughs) gmail.com. Let us know how much you hate us. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you who don't hate us, send us an email at comingoutofthekitchenpod at gmail.com and tell us how much you love us.
1: (laughs) And if there's anything that... Um, you want to get clarity on that? Something that I said that you want to fact check me, please feel free because I know that I'm not 100% correct on everything that comes out of my mouth because I say a lot of things and half the time I don't even hear what comes out.
0: And before we get into <laughs> hour two of this podcast, <laughs> let me remind you to check out the uh, Afraid.
1: podcast Afraidish. Afraid ish
2: podcast <laughs> basically anywhere you get your podcast Spotify uh, Spotify Stitcher Apple and Apple, finally Apple or Google
1: Anchor <coughs>
0: hey look Anchor. Anchor puts it up in seven different yeah, yeah. venues seven. it's afraid
1: hyphen, hyphen, hyphen ish. ish
2: yeah and uh,
1: don't be afraid of the dark be afraid ish of what's in it
2: exactly
1: <laughs> don't be afraid of what's in
0: the kitchen be afraid of who's going to come out of it <laughs>
1: And who's holding the knife.
2: And if you want to get a hold of us, uh, afraidishpodcast at gmail.com, afraid podcast.
1: It's the com. Mandacity. He's taking
0: over. <laughs> go ahead.
2: It's only because I have a penis. Yes. <laughs> I have to take over.
0: Okay, go
1: ahead. I'm done. No, I'm finished <laughs> I cut you off. We're also on Instagram. He has a, an Instagram account. At
2: afraidishpodcast.
1: Yeah. Me, I love it. I, Instagram is my happy place. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Facebook f- and Instagram at Afraidish Podcast.
1: If you wanna check out the evil woman, me? that was no me. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm also on Instagram at lively underscore aesthetics underscore. That's basically my username across all platforms. So lively aesthetics. Hey, from coming out of the kitchen, have a
0: great day. <laughs>